little thing called murder. Hello and welcome to a little thing called murder. I'm Megan and I'm Jaden. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, we have to yeah. start this off before I forget. So last week oh, yeah. we finished recording <clears throat> and I went to drive Jaden home and um we're driving and the people behind us are literally in like a full out brawl in the first two so, seats. We drive past the bar, like the one of the main bars. So they definitely were coming from there. But continue. But they're realtors. But anyway, yeah, Greensburgians. It was like right in front of realtors. Realtors. <laughs> well, wait, because we saw someone fighting in front of that in a car. Yeah. But it was different than the one that. But then right? we got to yeah, because okay. like we passed realtors, and there were two people. That were, like, pushing and, like, yeah. shoving into each other. It was a girl and a guy, and they were, like, fighting. Mm-hmm. And so we were, like, whoa, that's that's intense. So then we park, and I look in my rearview mirror, and I see this girl. It almost looked like she was choking him out in the front seat. But she, like, had, like, she had, she grabbed his collar. Mm-hmm. And was, like, like, they were screaming. The guy got out of the car, slammed the car door yeah. closed. While the car was moving, he had the door open. Yeah, like, and was I was nuts. like, oh my god, they're gonna, like, rear end into my car and then, like, drive off, and I was just, like, so stressed out, but they were, like, screaming at each other, and they turned around in the road, like, yeah, just, like, in the middle of the road, turned around, and then I, I drove you home, and then I was like, I wanna see what happens, because <laughs> I was driving back to my place, and I look in my rearview mirror, and three cop cars drove by, I was like, we had, wait, <laughs> did you call me and you were like, should I go back? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And that's when we took bets on how many cop cars we thought were going to be there. Yeah, yeah. So I called her back and I was like, I really want to go see what happens. You were like, do it. So we turn around and, well, I turn around, or I circle around. And <laughs> I'm on the phone with you and I pull up and I was like, girl, there's like eight cop cars out. And she gets like five. And I pulled up, and I was like, don't say a word, don't say a word, because I rolled the window down to hear what they were talking about. And the guy was just, like, screaming something, like, he moved here from, like, Pittsburgh to have a better life. That's all I really heard. And then... And then she drove back around 12 different times from 12 different (laughs) angles. 12 12 different ways, because I didn't want, like, the cop to come over and be like, we know exactly what you're doing. Ma'am, ma'am, I need you to leave. (laughs) I've seen your bright car. (laughs) That stands out. There's literally not another car in our area that looks like it, too. So, but then I called my mom, and I was like, hey, did you guys see anything in the news about, Mm -hmm. like, something that happened in downtown? And, um, she was like, no. And I was like, I literally drove around, like, three times, because I was, or, like, five times. It was, like, three times. It was, it was realistically. It was, like, three times that I drove around, and, um, my mom, she was like, you are not Nancy Drew! But then also, like, proceeded to insult me, saying, you don't even know who that is. And I was like, you bought me the Nancy Drew books. Of course I know who the fuck she is. Um, and then, so you know how we constantly talk about Monster? Well, Megan is about (laughs) to have her life changed. Yeah, I got a Monster. She asked for it, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try it. I literally haven't had one in so long. I'm so nervous. I'm like, not. I can't I don't know why I'm nervous. I got it. Here, I'll get yours. I'm so anxious. The white monster. The supreme monster. Yeah, it says Monster Zero Ultra. Yep. Got it. Flushed it. 
Are you ready? <sighs> yep. Okay, cheers. Here cheers. You go. <laughs> Let's know the verdict. All right. That is not what I expected. I was expecting it to taste like chemicals. Nope, I told you. <laughs> the other one. I told you it was completely different. That's good. Yes, right? What does that taste, though? Like, what is the... It's like a citrusy thing. Yeah. I always thought it was grapefruit, but on the website it says citrus. I, I Which, grapefruit It gives it almost like a spritey taste. And I fucking hate calories. Sprite. Like, deep in my soul, I hate Sprite. But Why? What did Sprite do to you? It's just... It's terrible. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. But yeah, so White Monsters music. They have a few other ones that are good. Um, I saw that. I saw that there was coffee ones. And I was like, those are good. They are. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I might, I might be getting that. But still, this is my favorite monster. That's really nice. I'm sorry, monster, that I ever bad mouthed you. No, no, no. <laughs> the old ones bad mouth them. These yeah. good. So I'm smart. So I figured, oh, I'll just wait until we record to mm-hmm. try it because, I mean, I've talked about it the last three yeah. episodes. So instead, to eat with my lunch, I oh. got the, cold um, brew. what is that, the stock cold brew coffee. Also very good. You should try that. I'm about to, oh, I love it. I'm about to be, <laughs> so if yeah. I start, like, slurring, I'm not drunk. I'm just <laughs> literally overdosing on caffeine. So... Shall we get started? Because I have a long case. Yep, you're good. So, my case this week is about Selena Quintanina. Oh! <laughs> At first I was like, there was that delayed pause because I was like, I've never heard that last name before in my life. And then when I just loved the first name, got it. Uh, I have to shout out, because my roommate, um, I was sitting here trying to figure out, what was that? Wednesday, mm-hmm. figure out what case that I was going to do, because we mm-hmm. were supposed to record on Thursday, yeah. which was March 31st, mm-hmm. and that was the day she died. Oh my god, this episode is fucking nuts. Continue. <laughs> no, like, we, like, just wait. Okay, I can't wait. <laughs> but she was like, oh, I need to wear my Selena hoodie, today's the day she died, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's the case I'm doing. So, shout out to my roommate, Kayla Barbarena, and her mom, Heather, and also um, my friend... Darlene said that she was going to listen because she's obsessed with Selena. Okay. And I mentioned to her that I was doing this case. Yeah. So. My friend Nicole loves Selena so much. Like, I think there's a Netflix show or something that came out. Yeah. I have it at the end of this. And Nicole's like, oh my god. But, okay, yeah. Okay, so Selena was referred to as the Mexican Madonna. Mm -hmm. Um, She was extremely talented, and her death was one of the most tragic stories I think I've ever heard. Also, probably before I get really into this, I was I researched this on like a whole bunch of news articles, news, um, vi- like the news videos. A mm-hmm. major one that I looked at was um, a video that Kendall Ray did on her channel about Selena. Okay, so Selena was born April sixteenth, nineteen seventy one, in Lake Jackson, Texas, and she was the youngest child of Marcella and Abraham. And Abraham was actually a Mexican musician. Um, he wasn't super well known, but she definitely inherited her love for music through him. Uh, she was a very upbeat, high personality type of person, but at the same time, she was also extremely down to earth and humble. Her parents started noticing her musical her musical abilities uh, when she was about six years old. She released her first soundtrack at eight years old. And her family was extremely close and very tight-knit. 
Um, and a lot of people compared them to, like, the Jackson 5. Like, they would mm-hmm. all sing together, and um, they were just very, very close. So, in the late 1980s, Selena's father opened a restaurant called Papa Guy- Gallo's. Okay. Yeah, Papagayos. Um, and this is where Selena and her family would perform all the time. However, the following year, after they opened uh, the restaurant, there was a recession, mm. which led them to having to close the restaurant. I keep saying restaurant. Close the restaurant. Um, from this, they had to file bankruptcy and ended up getting evicted. Ooh. And this was very traumatic for Selena. Yeah. So... It was from there, like, I gathered a lot of people um, said that she got her drive from there. Because, like, she was at the lowest that she was. And um, so she pushed for a better future for all of them. Like, all she wanted to do was be able to provide for her family. Mm -hmm. Her family (laughs) ended up settling in Corpus Christi area. It's still in Mm -hmm. Texas. Yeah. Um, And they formed a band called... Selena y los Pinos. Now, keep in mind, mm-hmm. I took five years of French. Yeah, je parle français pas espagnol. Yes. <laughs> so, and I don't even remember how to say that. I know, I remember how to say, est-ce que je peux aller à toilette? Oh, okay. Which is, may I use the bathroom? Yep. Is that oh, I literally just said, I speak French, not Spanish. That's I what I said. Well, yeah, no, I knew that. Oh, okay. I was just saying, I wouldn't have thought. I know it's, um... I'm not even going to try. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) But, yeah, so I'm so sorry for any of my mispronunciations, because I'm sure most of them probably will be. I Um, think everyone, if you've listened this far, you know that's just a disclaimer in every single episode. Yeah, whether it be, like, translating, or, like, trying to say something in Spanish, French, or even just someone's, like, last name, or towns. That was a hard one for me. Right. Um... But yeah, so they formed a band called Selena y los Pinos, and her father became the manager. Mm-hmm. They performed at all different types of events, like parties, carnival, carnivals, fairs, etc. Like, just anything that they could perform mm-hmm. at, they would. It was from here where she started to gain popularity and had more eyes on her. Like, she was just drop-dead gorgeous. Yeah. You can just tell from the videos, like, when she was real little, like, she put everything into her performance. Like, she just, she sh- she shined. Um, as her popularity began to grow, her father pulled her out of school. However, she did get an education, and at the age of 17, she received her high school diploma from the American, the American School of Correspondence in Chicago, and then enrolled at Pacific Western University for business management. Okay. Um, 1984, Selena recorded her first album, Selena Yilos Dinos. Um, she was mainly known for Tejano music, which is a fusion of different types of like genres, like okay. country, jazz, there was roots of German polka, mm. and um, Mexican music in it. She actually knew more English than she did Spanish, so in order to record the album, she had to learn to speak um, more fluently in Spanish, uh-huh. even though she did know yeah, a lot of Spanish yeah. already. But, you know, I can hardly speak English, so. (laughs) So, Jose Behar was a music producer and worked for the record label called EMI Latin Records. He actually saw Selena perform at the 1989 Tejano 
music. I, I say that like really slow because I want to make sure that I say it right. Tejano Music Records. No. Tejano Music Awards. Okay. And he knew instantly he needed to sign there. So she agreed and ended up signing with them. Like I just said. <laughs> That's when she released her debut album called Selena on October 17, 1989. Okay. So also in 1989, Selena met Chris Perez. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a, the new guitarist for her band, and Selena and Chris really hit it off, like, right off the bat. They started a relationship together, and for a while they tried to hide their relationship from her family. Um because her dad wasn't really a fan of Chris. Mm-hmm. So, looking ahead in 1992, he ended up firing Chris from the band. And that's when Selena and Chris eloped. Oh. So, they got married. Scandalous. Right? They got married. And in her mind, and I'm sure a lot of other people's minds, that if they just went ahead and did it, then mm-hmm. her father would have no choice but to, like, support her. Ask like, forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. That's what one of my teachers said to me once. I was like, are you supposed to be teaching people? Okay. So, but, I mean, as we know, as a celebrity, mm-hmm. it's hard to keep anything a secret. Mm-hmm. And her dad was pissed. Mm-hmm. He was upset for a while. And, I mean, rightfully so. Like, she was extremely close with her family. Being married, whether you have a, c- a ceremony or not, it's a big deal. Like, yeah. it's, it's a huge milestone in someone's life. If I just up and eloped, my mom would fucking murder me. <laughs> She'd be like, Jaden, how could you fucking do that without inviting me? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, I'm not saying that you have to have a big wedding, but, like, no, your if, family wants to be there. If I didn't invite my mom, that would suck. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Linda. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, Chris and Selena ended up living in an apartment in Corpus Christi. And her father eventually apologized, and he was accepted back into the family. So, all's good. In September of 1990, Selena released her second album called Bien Conmigo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really in the early 90s where things started taking off for Selena. Okay. Her career was booming, and she was getting a ton of fans. And she ended up meeting one of these fans. Her name was Yolanda Sal. Saldivar. Mm-hmm. Yolanda Sal- Saldivar. Yep. And Yolanda was a huge Selena fan. Uh, she was a nurse living in San Antonio, Texas. She ended up going to one of Selena's concerts, and Yolanda loved the concert so much that she contacted Selena's father and told him that she wanted to be more involved with Selena. So she started a fan club. Hmm. I want a fan club. Right? Just kidding. It would be a boring fan <laughs> It would be a boring fan. Wow, I can't believe Jaden watched that many shows in one day. Right? Wow. <laughs> hey, maybe one day. Yeah. So, one thing that I constantly saw about Selena mm-hmm. was how humble she was as mm-hmm. a person. I feel like the best people, like, who are, like, so amazing at things, they're, like, so humble. Some. You're right. Some. some. And then there's some that it gets to their oh, head. Oh, God. But it's the people that, like, she was just so yeah. down to earth, like, I feel like she's the person everyone would Mm -hmm. want to be friends with. So she wanted to be, she wanted her fans to be as involved Mm -hmm. in her life as she could because, like, they supported her and she just wanted to show how much she appreciated it. Um, At her autograph signings, you would feel like you were just hanging out and getting to know her. Uh, She was always giving people the benefit of the doubt, as you will see in this case. Yep. 
in this case, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, Selena and Yolanda officially met sometime in 1990, 1991-ish. Okay. And by that time, Yolanda was already running this fan club. And somehow, Yolanda worked her way closer into the family and crept into doing other jobs, such as being her assistant, an advisor, and it wasn't long before she was constantly around. Like, mm. any anytime anyone would need Selena, like, you wouldn't get to her without getting to Yolanda first. Okay. So, but Selena definitely saw her as a friend. And... Over time, everyone started to see that Yolanda became more protective and controlling. Yeah. I don't mean to be mean to people named Yolanda, but there's just something about that name. I feel like this, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's just... <laughs> I, mean, I don't just know. I don't know, any, I don't I don't know anyone with the name Yolanda. I don't, I don't know, know anyone. anyone with the name Yolanda. So now, like, here, like... I don't Maybe know. that's why I'm like, there's something up with people named Yolanda. Because I know this case. <laughs> yeah. So, only a month after marriage, mm-hmm. Selena dropped her third album. Like, she's not slowing down. Yeah, she ain't fucking around. Yeah, right? Um, this album was called Entre a Mi Mundo. Mm-hmm. That was probably so bad. But anyway, on September 5th, 1992, uh, this album was considered a breakthrough album, and that launched her to the top of the charts. Um... And her to a top-selling artist. Love that for her. Right? Her album was certified ten times platinum. And her fame was just skyrocketing. Like, there was no sign of, like, her getting out of the picture. Mm -hmm. So, in 1993, she recorded a live album called Live. Mm -hmm. She had two songs from that album in the top five U.S. Billboard Top Latin Songs chart. Mm -hmm. And ended up winning a Grammy Award for Best Mexican um, American album in 1994. Mm. It was also named Album of the Year by Billboard Latin Music Awards. In addition to music, Selena was also, or she also had a big passion for fashion, as you would say. Uh, she loved to pick out her clothes, design her clothes. She even made clothes that she wore when she was performing. Mm-hmm. She opened two boutiques called Selena, etc. Uh, one was in Corpus Christi and the other was in San Antonio and it was unique because they also had in-house beauty salons so like you could go like get your hair cut and and there was just like quirky things about it like you could turn the chair around and they would tip it back and then that's where like the counter would lift up and that's where like they would wash your hair so you wouldn't have to get up it was neat so the family was happy with how Yolanda was managing the fan club so They had her manage both of the boutiques. And it was said at this time Selena, Selena made over $5 million from these boutiques. Fuck. Yeah, a lot. So in March 1994, Selena dropped her fourth studio album called Amor Prohibido. Um, it ended up debuting number three on the U.S. top Latin chart and was number one on the U.S. regional Mexican albums chart. When you said the title of that, all I could think of, <clears throat> did you see the movie Fired Up? It's old. Maybe. It's like these two guys go to, like, cheerleading camp or whatever, instead of football camp, and they're like, yes, it's Prohibidado. Did I say that right now? What'd you say? Prohibidado. No, I think it's different words. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's not an A. It's just Prohibidado, but every time, like, the dude would say it, 
in like the movie, he would just like add more syllables or something like that. <laughs> like um, in Finding Nemo, Anemone. Oh yeah, Anemone. Anemone. Okay, so um, this album was a huge success, and was the top five was in the top five Latin albums in 1995. Literally anything she came out with like was winning awards and was mm-hmm. in the top spot. Uh, she was a major hit, and the trajectory of her fame was only growing. I feel like I say this every, like, because it's just, like, she just, yeah. like, keeps keeps going. <laughs> Selena started working on her first English album titled Dreaming of You. Okay. She was looking to expand her boutiques to Mexico, and it was around this point in time where Yolanda decided to move closer to Selena. So she moved from San Francisco, no, what? San Antonio. I saw San, yeah. and then Francisco came out. Anyway, San Antonio to Corpus Christi. And at that point, the boutique started to lose money. So, um... So can to go back? Right. So, her, Selena's father started getting complaints from customers that were in the fan club that they weren't getting their merch, um, and employees from the boutiques started saying that Yolanda was treating them pretty horribly, like she would fire people just because she personally didn't like them. Bitch. So he decided that he was going to look into her financial records mm-hmm. with the boutiques and the fan club, and once he started doing a little digging, he realized there was a lot of money missing. There was over $30,000 missing. Fuck. And he concluded that Yolanda was stealing all of yeah. this via forged checks. Mm. At this point, a lot of people were starting to warn Selena about yeah. how sketchy Yolanda was. Um, an example of this is uh, <coughs> one of the employees was sent to Yolanda's house to pick up, I think, some zippers that were mm-hmm. delivered. And when she got to the place, the entire house was covered in Selena's face. Like, all these pictures of her. Like, class A, like, psycho. You gotta chill the fuck out. Another time... Um, Selena's company provided their employees insurance, mm-hmm. and one of the employees went to, like, the dentist, and he was going to check out, and the person said that his de- his insurance was denied, yeah. and that it wasn't paid. So then Yolanda said, she'll fix it, but don't tell Selena. So, like, a bunch of red flags just yeah. popping up here and there. So, her dad was extremely worried and had a meeting with Selena and her sister Suzanne on March 9th at Q Production Records, to confront Yolanda. At this meeting, he really pressed her about the inconsistencies and financials overall. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, she was extremely defensive, and um, as you'll see, a class A compulsive liar. Mm -hmm. Abraham told her that at the end of the day, if you can't provide any evidence that you didn't steal this money, I'm contacting the police. Yeah. So, Yolanda switched up her story and began to blame it all on the fan club members, that they were somehow wanting, like, free merchandise, and that's where the $30,000 or $30, went. Mm-hmm. And her dad, Selena's dad, not yeah. Yolanda's, yeah. Selena's dad, found that Yolanda actually opened the bank accounts, like, for all the businesses under her sister's name, which was Maria Alida. Alida. Okay. Um, when he asked her about this, she said that she, that she did it because the banks weren't allowing her to open an account under her name, Mm -hmm. and this is, and, like, that she didn't know why. 
So, <laughs> Selena's dad tried to ban Selena from seeing Yolanda. Yeah. But for some reason, like, Selena wanted to continue their friendship. She knew how involved Yolanda was in the business mm-hmm. and wanted to open up this other location in Mexico. And she felt like she couldn't do it without mm-hmm. Yolanda's help. Like, she just had her around her finger. It was... It's just so sad to see, like, how manipulated she was. So... How long, How old was Selena right now? At this point, <laughs> she's 23. Okay. Yeah. So, um, her father was determined to fire Yolanda. After convincing her about the strange behavior happening, uh, Selena felt like it was probably the best thing to do to take her... They took her name off of everything, so okay. she couldn't get into anything yeah. anymore. And this set Yolanda off. Yeah. Like, she was pissed. Maybe she should fucking steal things. Right? Maybe learned that in, like, kindergarten. <laughs> so, she ended up going to San Antonio and bought a gun. Hmm. She told the salesperson that she was buying this gun because she was a home nurse, and one of the families was, like, threatening her. Mm-hmm. Um, after meeting, after the meeting... Um, her dad discovered that there were more of these fan club members, like, checks that were being signed with mm-hmm. Maria Alita's signature, identical to Yolanda's handwriting, yeah. and then cashing them and keeping the money. Um, at one point, Yolanda had organized a group gift from all of Selena's employees. Everyone pitched in, and then she took the money. And went to buy this ring. And she bought this ring using the company's credit card. So, like, she kept yeah. the money from everyone else. But Selena loved this ring. Like, mm-hmm. she wore it all the time. There's a ton of pictures everywhere yeah. that you see her wearing this ring. It was like an egg, like a small little egg thing. I don't know. I'll, I'll, put, I'll post a picture okay. up on her Instagram. But, like, she wore it everywhere. But Yolanda told Selena that it was a gift from her. Hmm. That's a low blow. Yeah. So Selena's dad thinks that Yolanda tried to kill her multiple times. Selena. I mean, this isn't this isn't proven for sure. Yeah, Selena. Okay. Um, the first time was on March thirteenth. She drove to Corpus Christi and checked into a motel. This is um Yolanda. Okay. The next day she contacted Selena. And tried to arrange a time for her to meet up with Selena. Yeah. Um, there, but she ended up calling and saying there was too much traffic and called her to meet her 25 miles outside of Corpus Christi in a random parking lot. It was there when Selena told Yolanda that she could continue running the boutique in Mexico. Um, her father Her father said that, um, sh- that Selena just wanted to keep mm-hmm. her around. Until she found someone else. Yeah. And at this meeting, for some reason, Yolanda shows Selena this gun. Mm-hmm. And Selena was not happy and yeah. told her to get rid of it immediately. And, I mean, like, Selena always did, like, these um, school visits saying, like, don't get involved with, like, drugs, alcohol, guns, violence. Like, she was all yeah. against all of that. And um, so just, like, to show her, it's yeah. like, <clears throat> the fuck? Um, the second time, Yolanda went to, went on a trip to Tennessee with Selena, and she was there to record another one of her songs. On this trip, Selena confronted Yolanda about missing bank statements, Mm -hmm. and she needed to give them, she needed to give them to her 
when they got back. Like, she was like, yeah. hey, when we get back, you need to give me these. So, on March 27th, um, she went and bought the gun again. So, like, before, like, I think I skipped over it. Yeah, I did. I skipped this whole, like, small part. <laughs> so, when Selena said to get rid of yeah. the gun immediately, um, Yolanda, like, the answer that she gave back to Selena was that, um, she was afraid of her father. So then Selena was like, I'll protect you. Yeah. Get rid of the gun. So, like, then she returned it. Okay. I missed that little tidbit. Sorry, gotcha. everyone. <laughs> so she bought it again. Yeah, so then she went back and then repurchased the gun. So, um, Yolanda asked Selena to meet at her at a hotel. Um, she did. However, word got out that Selena was going there, and a ton of fans mm -hmm. showed up. Her father said that he thinks that she was planning to kill her, but didn't because the fans were yeah. all there, and they would have all saw it. And then the last incident was, um, the last week of March, they had a trip to Mexico, and Yolanda claimed to have been attacked, sexually assaulted, and beaten with a bat. And also on this trip, she, well, like, tidbit, mm -hmm. she ended up stealing some of Selena's perfume and more bank statements. So, on March 30th, they got back to Corpus, Corpus Christi and checked, and so Yolanda checked in at the um, Days Inn Hotel. I can really feel that caffeine. Can you tell that I'm like... Dig it! I did! I did! <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, um, they got back March 30th. Again, Selena, um, asked to meet her, or she asked Selena to meet her there so she could give her the bank statements. And her father thinks that this was another try, but she didn't because Selena showed up with her husband. Mm. And as they drove home, Selena noticed that Yolanda gave her the wrong bank statements. So, just, like, she thinks, like, Selena's a fucking idiot. But also, Selena's the reason you're not fucking fired. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck are you doing this shit? Like, that's what I just don't understand. But, yeah, like, she's the reason. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for Selena, you would have been fucking <coughs> done, like, right. ages ago. 100%. Like, if anything, not, you know, out, kill the dad. Like, he's the one that wants you gone, you know? Right. Why are you going after your friend? I think... And at the end, um, Chris Wait. said that she had this mentality that if she couldn't have Selena, no one could. No, I, yeah. I so, like, that. just, like, creepily obsessed. Yeah. It's like the Beatles. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, another time, Yolanda called Selena back to the room because she was bleeding from the assault in Mexico. Okay. I mean, this was, like, they were driving back home, and I guess Yolanda called them again to, like, have her come back. Okay. Like, she was really trying to get Selena to go back by herself um, and drive her to the hospital, mm -hmm. and she was going to, like, that's how nice of a person she was. She was getting ready to go, but her husband said it was too late, and um, she said that she would meet up with her the next day. Yeah. Thank God he did that, but, like, it was kind of shitty. I'm bleeding. Can you take me to the hospital? No, it's too late. You can't go. Right? <laughs> right. But, I mean, like, I think he had no inkling yeah. on it. Because, I mean, but, like, hold on. So, okay. I mean, at this point, Selena wasn't fully convinced of Yolanda's story mm -hmm. on what happened in Mexico. 
And she was upset for Yolanda continually, like, trying to dupe her. Mm -hmm. And I think this was the tipping point, like, her giving her these, again, wrong bang statements. This was the tipping point, um, that she finally was done. Yeah. And decided that it would be best to cut her out for good, but thought it would be best to do it in person. So that next morning, she went back to the motel. Mm -hmm. Um... This was the morning of March 31st. Um, I can't remember if I said this earlier. Oh, I did. It, this is in 1995. Okay. I think I said it earlier. I don't know. But anyway. I was almost born. <laughs> a few more months. Right? <laughs> uh, two more years for me. <laughs> when Selena got there, mm-hmm. Yolanda said that she wanted to take her back to the, like, take her to the hospital mm-hmm. still. And, like, for me, I'm like, why didn't you go? Yeah. Like, why didn't you go by yourself? Like, I mean, I understand, like, I would want someone to be with me if I went to the hospital, because I've never been to, like, the hospital before, Mm -hmm. that I'd want someone to be there, but, like, bro, just go. If you're bleeding, if I'm, like, dying... just call 911 and just go. However, I don't care if I'm on my deathbed, I'm not going to Westmoreland. Oh. (laughs) I'm going to, like, Pittsburgh, because I've heard nothing but bad things about Westmoreland. (laughs) Sorry, everyone, but... Anyway. (laughs) So... Um, Selena agreed and took her. Yolanda was given a brief physical examination, but this wasn't the type that they do typically for sexual assaults. Yeah. Um. Because she was lying. Which is, <laughs> and, but, like, I feel like if she said that this happened, wouldn't they have to check her for it? But maybe she didn't. Maybe, like, she went up by herself to the window and was like, hey, can we just fucking, like, do a physical or something? Yeah. And... I didn't think about so that. So maybe Selena thought that's what she was saying, but... Mm. I obviously have no idea, but that's my speculation. Yeah. Huh. But, um... Weird side note. Yes. The doctor said that the injuries didn't compare to the injuries that she would have sustained from a bat. Yeah. And, like, they just got back from Mexico, like, a couple days yeah. before. Like, if you got to so, be with a bat, like... You'd be, like, pretty swollen for, like, a few, like, a month, maybe. I don't know. But, so, even the doctor started to question her on her story, Mm -hmm. and the staff said that she was just showing signs of severe depression. So, after everything was finished up, they went back to the Days Inn Hotel, Motel. I I feel, if I've been saying hotel this whole time, it's motel. I don't know. I can't remember. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) Something happened that sparked this major argument. And Selena, I think, came clean saying that she didn't want Yolanda to work for her and basically Mm -hmm. that she was done um, with her and wanted the financial statements back. And it got to the point where, like, random guests were calling the front desk, like, complaining that these two ladies are, like, fighting over business. So it was 11.45 a.m. Yolanda's door (sighs) opens. Mm-hmm. Selena walks out, and all of a sudden, a gunshot fires. Uh, multiple wis- witnesses say that they heard Yolanda say the word bitch when she, when she shot Selena. Because yeah. Selena came running out, and um, Yolanda, like, chased after her and shot yeah. her from there. And uh, Selena was shot through the back mm-hmm. and around her shoulder blade, and the bullet exited just out below her collarbone. Okay. Um, Selena ran out across the courtyard and into the front lobby, leaving a 
blood yeah. trail, like, behind her because the bullet hit one of her arteries. Oh, no. Because I was like, wait, I feel like that's a pretty good spot, but it hit that. It hit the artery. And I mean, of- I'm over here like, maybe she's going to live. Fucking. <laughs> I didn't even know right now. Hey, some of these people might not. Right. Anyway. Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. One of the managers said she was so flustered, frightened, and just screaming, and Selena kept repeating, it was Yolanda, it was Yolanda, yeah. like, this is her room number, this is her room number, it was Yolanda. And, um, in the one video that I watched, Kendall Ray was just like, I feel like she knew she wasn't gonna make it. Yeah. Which is why she just kept pressing, it was Yolanda. I feel like that's what I would do. Like, oh my god, yeah. The red hat! What did you say last time? I don't remember. I was like, red hat! White shirt! Yeah. 120 pounds! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, hey, that's the best thing to do, is mm-hmm. if you start getting, like, assaulted or, like, attacked yeah. to just start, like, screaming out, like, what you see. Yeah. Also, it's like, I always want to have the nails <coughs> because then scratch I can em. scratch because if I have short nails, maybe I'm not going to get the skin cells, you Boy, know? I am just going to claw right? at whatever I can get. Well, that's <laughs> like in the, um, oh, what's the case? Not the Barbie and Ken. Something about pretty, is it pretty, pretty, like, because the dude was, attra- like, I guess attractive. It was, like, in New York, but he had, like, scratches, like, all over him, and that's kind of, like, how they... Wasn't there one with Ted Bundy where the girl scratched him on, like, the arm or something? I, I know there was something one. about his teeth marks. Oh, yeah, that one, that was one of the things. But I think I know what you're... It, was it the, um... The one that they just found? No. This is, this is, like, 80s or something. Well, it was all of these murders happening. <laughs> it was like the it was like pretty the pretty murder and the pretty I'll look it up. That's I know what you're talking about and I can't remember the details. Like I'm good at remembering like names but not relating really the names to what they Oh gotcha. <laughs> like, wait. Because then I'm like I know I'll it. Google it. I'll Google it. Okay. You keep talking. okay. So um the ho- the people at the hotel did everything they could. Mm-hmm. They called nine one one, putting pressure on the wound and the manager uh, said he kept telling her to hang on, but she was just, like, slowly fading until eventually her eyes kind of, like, rolled back. Um, preppy murder. I think, is that what it is? The preppy murder? That sounds like it. Yeah, I think that's what it sounds like. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll cover that next week. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, where was I? They looked up the hotel, or the room reservation under room 158, mm-hmm. which was the room that she kept repeating, and that was Yolanda's. So Maddox arrived within only two minutes after receiving the call, but by that time they got there, Selena was unconscious. Doctors said that she was dead upon arrival, um, and as they rushed her into the hospital, Yolanda was trying to flee the scene. Like, as Selena's in the ambulance, like, on her way to the hospital, Yolanda runs back and tries to leave, and, um, she ran back to her room after chasing Selena, wrapped the gun in a towel, and hopped in the car, and then she began to pull out, but then was blocked by police cars. Fucking thank God. Right? But also, maybe don't commit murder when you're checked in under your real name at a fucking motel. Right. That might be smart. Exactly. (laughs) She didn't seem like the smartest of Anyway. Um... Just any of the time that she tried to get out of situations, it just didn't make sense. Yeah. And people were just like, whatever. 
They pers- then as soon as they pulled in on mm-hmm. her, she realized like oh, fuck, I can't get out. Yeah. She pulls the gun on herself. And she's standing there, like she's oh, sitting God. there with the gun like to her head. Fucking do it. So then, <laughs> I know. Just do it. They bring in hostage negotiators, and this stand down lasted ten fucking hours. Are you fucking kidding me? Ten hours of her sitting there with this gun to her head, like threatening that she was gonna kill herself, and just like she was hysterical the whole time. Um, and then fans at this point, ten hours, they started to hear that Selena was shot yeah. at this hotel, and um, fans start arriving. They're watching the showdown. Yeah. No, like, and, like, great. all these, like, no, the, these news. Yeah. You know I would have fucking Oh, yeah, I would have fucking been there. <laughs> so, during that time, they were able to get her on the phone, where she tells them exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Insert eye roll here, yeah. is what I typed out. <laughs> um, she said she was never going to kill Selena. Uh, Selena started opening the door, and Yolanda told her to shut the door, and made the hand motion, like, shut the door... And the trigger happened to go off, shooting her. So, like... Why do you even have the gun in your hand? Right? So, um... And I'm pretty sure, like, you have to, like, actually pull a fucking trigger well, for a gun so, to fucking go off. <laughs> it was funny I'm because... I'm not a gun expert or anything, but I think this is <laughs> Right? Or, like, there's a safety for right? a reason. <laughs> um, in an interview, this lady asked her... What happened that morning when Selena arrived? Mm-hmm. Did she say she wanted to fire you? And verbatim, I literally listened to the like to her saying this uh-huh. like twenty times to type this down like word for word. Yeah. I said Yolanda said she never told me that. I was telling her to leave. She said I said it's over, Selena. It's over. I can't work for you anymore. I can't work for you no more. Like she just kept right. like repeating it. Um, she went down and grabbed my feet and told me not to leave her. And then I picked her up and told her to just leave. She said she put the gun to her head and said, quote, If you don't leave, I'm going to do it, Selena. She got up and said, We need to talk about this. I'm going to close the door. When she was going to walk to the door, she was going at an angle. Oh, I'm still quoting her. I went back to talking to myself. She was walking at an angle. (laughs) And I told her, don't close the door. And in that instant, the gun went off. Mm. So, like, she said, she had it to her head. So, okay, she takes the gun, puts it to her head, says, if you don't leave Selena, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So Selena was like, no, we need to talk about this. I'm going to close the door. Mm-hmm. So then, first off, at the beginning of this, she's telling Selena to leave. Okay? Mm-hmm. Then at the end of this, like, she puts the gun to her, set, her head and says, if you don't leave, I'm going to do it, Selena. To then, when Selena's like, I'm going to close, I'm going to get up and close the door. Mm-hmm. She says, don't close the door. Yeah. Wouldn't you be saying, get the fuck out? Yeah. Or something like that? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But, so, okay, so, I'm not going to go into it, but the whole beginning part could make sense, because I had this one friend, fucking nuts. Some people might know who I'm talking about, if okay. you're listening, but I'm not going to mention names. <laughs> and, like, I was literally told, like, numerous times, oh, if you stop being my friend, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to go do this. So, like, yeah. I can totally see that happening. Oh, 100%. But I don't 
I don't believe that the gun just went off. Yeah. And twisting the story, like, saying, Selena, I'm gonna leave you. Fuck off. Yeah. Alright, so back to the stand-down. Um, eventually, obviously, they were able to get Yolanda to come out of the car. Mm-hmm. And was instantly placed under arrest. They tackled her, and... Because, like, she didn't have the gun in her hand at that time. No. For some reason. So, they tackled her. Good. Arrested her. And they said, like, why did she give up? And they said she just got tired. Like, she was just tired. Yeah. Okay. She pleaded not guilty to murder. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of switching over to Selena. Selena was dead on arrival at the hospital. She was 23 years old. Poor baby. Doctors did everything they could to save her. They attempted to revive her and perform surgery on her, but she lost too much blood and it was just, like, too late. So, after Yolanda came out of the car, she was notified that Selena... Um, was gone, Mm -hmm. and of course, the media was all over this. It was everywhere. On April 1st, there was a visual held at, for her at the Bayfront Plaza in Corpus Christi, and 3,000 fans showed up to grieve the loss, and during the event, they announced that there would be a public viewing Mm -hmm. of the casket at Bayfront Auditorium the next day. Fans lined up for almost a mile. Jesus. About thirty to 40,000 fans passed by Selena's casket. On April 3rd, 1995, her funeral, her funeral was, held around, was held around 600 guests, mostly family members, attended um, at the Seaside Memorial, Memorial Park in Corpus Christi. People's Magazine released a commem- commemorative... Commemorative... Issue several days after her death that nearly sold a million copies. Um, Yolanda's trial became a public spectacle, Mm -hmm. especially for the Latino community. Um, It wasn't televised, but there were cameras, like, all around, like, Mm -hmm. on the premises of the courthouse property. Um, April 3rd... (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) April 3rd, she was arraigned and pleaded Mm -hmm. not guilty to murder. Okay. Bond was set at 100000 and eventually was changed to 500000 During the pre-trial, her, lawyer, her lawyers decided that it wasn't possible to have a fair trial in Selena's hometown, mm-hmm. which obviously makes sense. Yeah. Everyone knew about it, mm-hmm. and several months after deliberating on it, um, they moved the trial to Houston, Texas. Okay. So on October 11th, the defense obviously went with the whole story that it was an accident. Mm-hmm. One big thing the prosecution um, pointed out is, for one, the behavior. Yeah. Um, if you nuts. accidentally shoot someone, yeah, you're going to call 911 mm-hmm. yourself. You're going to try and do whatever you yeah. can to help. Not to mention, she's a fucking nurse. Oh, you're fucking right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, she's a little fucking flaw there. Okay? Yeah. Exactly. So, like, let that sink in. Yeah. Not to mention, mm-hmm. the probably the most damning fact of all of it mm-hmm. was the chances of the gun going off accidentally are extremely slim. Mm-hmm. From what you said earlier, you'd have to put 11 pounds of pressure on the trigger to that specific gun uh-huh. to pull it, and that's what like led prosecutors to conclude that yeah. the gun... Really couldn't have gotten off unless someone purposely pulled the trigger. Yeah. So Yolanda was held at the county jail, 
And the judge made it so the jury only had one option of convicting her. Oh. On first degree murder. So like they, they couldn't, couldn't they couldn't do a lesser charge like manslaughter or negligent homicide. So on I feel like that's good and bad because sometimes like, yeah, it's good because you're like, oh, well, I know she committed murder and this is our only option. But also it's bad because if they don't think it should be that one, then it's like, well, guess they have to get off. Right. Well, oh, so. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. On October 23rd, 1995. <gasps> oh, my God. That would be our wedding day. But not 95. Oh, shit. <laughs> 2021. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I knew that there was a date relating to October 23rd and I couldn't remember. Anyway, happy wedding day. Oh, I'm guessing. <laughs> so, the jury deliberated for two hours. Oh, okay. Only two hours, and they came back with the final verdict. Mm-hmm. They found her guilty of first-degree murder, and nice. she was sentenced to life in prison, but with the possibility of parole after oh, 30 years. But not death. Did they not ask for death? It's Texas. Right. True. She's a fucking famous-ass <laughs> person. Right, especially everyone loved her. Yeah. So, mm, she's, she's currently serving her life sentence at the Mountain View unit in Gatesville, mm-hmm. and she will become eligible for parole on March 30th of 2025. How, like, a fucking slap in the face. Like, she dies on the 31st, but she has parole on, like, a, on the 30th. Right. Bullshit. Right. I know. Which is, that's what makes this case so frustrating. Yeah. So. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean she'll get it, but. Correct. I don't think she will because so many people love, still love to this day Selena. And most of the people that love her, like, weren't even alive when this happened. But, um, I think it's, it's still too soon. Yeah. I feel like no matter what, she's going to stay in. I I hope. That's such bullshit. I, I want to know why they didn't ask for death. I know. Or maybe they did and the jury didn't give it to them, but again, it's fucking Texas. Right. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, all my exes live in Texas. <laughs> anyway, so George W. Bush, mm-hmm. who was the governor of Texas at the time, declared mm-hmm. her birthday April 16th, Selena Day in the state. Oh. So, April 16th, Selena Day. Um, It'll weeks. be close to when this yeah, comes out. it will. This all happened, like, like I said, her funeral would have been, like, is tomorrow. And that's tomorrow, so sad, like, because, like, it was almost her birthday. What is that, 27 years ago? Uh, 1995? I am not that old. Wait, 20. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, 20, Wait. almost 26. 26. I was a year off! Just kidding, it's exactly 26, because, yeah, yeah exactly 26. 26, and it's already happened. Yeah. yeah. So, um, weeks after her death, people were painting her faces on cars, hanging mm-hmm. posters, um, outside of their houses. People were leaving balloons, flowers, pictures, poems, all on, all on the front of, like, her boutiques. Mm-hmm. Um, there were street murals found across Texas, and months following her death, an average of 12,000 people visited her grave site. And the days in hotel mm-hmm. where the shooting occurred. Yeah. The hotel, ma- the motel, God, the <laughs> motel manager had to rearrange the room number so guests wouldn't Go know for yeah. sure which room she had been shot in. Huh. So 1997, my birth year, yeah. <laughs> she was commemorated with a life-size bronze statue in Corpus Christi after she passed. Mm. Her label had, um, 
had some of the English album Dreaming of You done. Mm-hmm. So they went ahead and released the four finished songs. Mm-hmm. It was an immediate success. Yeah. It was released in July 1995. And um, on the day of release, 175,000 copies were sold in the U.S. Wow. Which was a record for a female vocalist. So Selena made a huge impact on the music industry and the community. Yeah. She loved to give back. I mean, just this whole time we're saying how much, mm-hmm. like, she really, like, loves her fans and everything she worked with toys for tots she um often visited local schools to talk to students about the importance of education and encouraged children to stay in school Mm -hmm. that alcohol and drugs would lead them nowhere in life she spent her free time helping the community and after hurricane andrew in 1992 she helped the victims in florida by performing at a houston benefit concert in 1994, she hosted a charity baseball game to raise money for various charities. She even donated time to an organization, organizations such as DARE, um, and planned a fundraising concert to help AIDS patients. Um, and there's just so much more yeah. that I didn't list, but like, <coughs> just an incredible person. Yeah. In 2017, she received the star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Two years after her death, there was a movie, um, and it was supposed to be a true story of Selena's life and legacy, and it was starring um, Jennifer Lopez, which is where J-Lo's career really kicked off. If you saw, like, the video, like, the, um, like, the commercials for it, Mm -hmm. she looks so much like her. It's kind of freaky. It was produced by her family and Warner Brothers, and it was also a huge success. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, there's a show on Netflix that aired 2020, mm-hmm. and it's called Selena, the series. And I want to watch that. I haven't watched it yeah. yet. But that is the story of Selena Quintanilla. It's so sad, because she could have done so much more good. She, and, like, she was just getting could started. Have, she honestly could have changed the world. She was 23! Yeah. She makes me feel so... Lazy. Yeah, so unaccomplished. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> but oh, it's upsetting. And, like, researching and watching everything, like, you really felt like you knew her and, like, yeah. you were friends with her. And it's just so sad. <sighs> yeah. That was a doozy to get through. Yeah. I don't have any words. <laughs> right? Like, it's just it's so upsetting. And it was just crazy that, like, it, it's happening now. Yeah. 26 years ago. Yeah, like, she still has the impact. Oh, my God, yeah. Which is, like, nothing would make that better, like, her death, but, like, it makes it better that she's still, like, That she's still relevant yeah. and people still want to, like, listen to her music. Yeah. Like, my roommate, she's like, I love her music. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever really heard, like, one of her songs. There's a couple songs that I recognize, but I, I never really listened yeah. to her. But after this, I'm like, I'll I want to. Out. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Megan, so much for that lovely advertisement. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, so mine is the case of Beth Doe. So Is that like a Jane Doe, but like a Beth Doe? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, obviously, the tried and true Wikipedia. Um, (laughs) I also use, it's called MCall. I think it's like, like there's a bigger name to that, but I used an article from that site as well. Okay. Okay. On December 20th, 1976, a 14-year-old boy was playing along the banks of the Lehigh River in Whitehaven, Pennsylvania. 
that runs along Interstate 80. So this is about 50 miles north of Allentown. Bro. Um, Yeah. Where I went to school, like, 80 is right there. Oh, really? That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, so the little boy's playing on the banks when he stumbled upon three suitcases. When he looked closer at one of them, he saw a head, a fetus, and two halves of a torso. What? Yeah, talk about fucking scarring. Oh my god. So it's believed that the suitcases had been thrown out of a vehicle traveling east along the interstate. The killer had most likely intended to have the suitcases land in the water below to lessen the chance of them being found. Two of them had landed in the woods, 20 feet from the river, and the one that the boy found was found on the riverbank. So this, the person who threw them is fucking terrible because it did not land in the water. No. <laughs> Which is obviously a good thing, but. Right. Since, Bad for him, good for right. us. Since they fell approximately 300 feet, two of them had opened and parts of the body <gasps> had emerged. So that's how the kids saw them. Oh my god, and it had to be a kid that I found know, them? right? Um, when discovered, the victim was pregnant with a nine-month female fetus. She had been sexually assaulted, <gasps> strangled, and shot in the neck. Oh my god! Yeah. Her body was then dismembered with a serrated blade. Oh, uh, no. The gunshot wound had, occur- had occurred post-mortem. Her nose, breasts, and ears had been severed and never have been found. The dismemberment was described to be unlike that of a surgeon, but not haphazardly. So it was kind of like... In the middle. Yeah. Police believe that the killing occurred about 24 hours before the remains were discovered. The parts of her body and her unborn daughter were placed in three suitcases. Two were striped with red, white, and blue, and the other one was tan with a plaid design. They were of vinyl material and all the same size. It was evident that the suitcases had been spray-painted black at some point, and that their handles had been severed. There was also some other stuff in the suitcases with the body parts, like straw and packaging foam, as well as a bedspread that was waterlogged with fragments of a newspaper that had been used to wrap parts of the body. The newspaper was later determined to have been the New York Sunday from September 26, 1976, and was linked to the northern part of New Jersey. The bedspread was reddish-orange with yellow and pink embroidered flowers and was made of chenille? Chenille? Fabric. Oh, no. Like C-H-E-N-I-L-L-E. Not like the name brand. (laughs) Doesn't matter. It was like Chanel? Some fabric. Okay. So. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The body was removed by authorities and transported in plastic bags to the nearby hospital for examination. And I am not going to attempt to pronounce the name of the hospital. (laughs) Uh, After a three-hour autopsy on December 23, 1976, it was determined that she was a white woman in her late teens or early 20s. However, her identity could not be established. The cause of death was determined to be strangulation, although she had been shot in the neck as well. So they named her Beth Doe. Beth Doe was between 4 feet 11 inches and 5 feet 4 inches tall. She weighed 140 to 150 pounds due to her pregnancy. Her hair, which was shoulder length, was an undyed dark brown. She was a tiny thing. Yeah. The medical examiner classified her blood type as type O. She had some distinctive marks on her body. A 2 to 6 inch scar was visible above one of her heels. Two moles on her face one above her left eye, and one on her left cheek. 
and these may have developed during her pregnancy. How can they tell I that? don't know. Maybe you can tell if moles are new. I have no idea. <laughs> so before becoming a teen, some of her molars had been extracted, and she had received fillings in her teeth, but there were no false teeth. Despite the evidence of previous care, she had likely not seen a dentist in some time, as she was suffering from severe tooth decay. One of her front incisors had a visible fracture, which was noted to likely cause severe pain. Damn. It was believed that she was probably born in Europe and moved to the United States before reaching her teen years. This was based on an examination of her tooth enamel. So maybe, maybe in Europe they, like, filled teeth different. different. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. An initial anthropological examination oh, wow. indicated she may have come from Serbia or Croatia. Isotope testing was conducting her hair, teeth, and bones. She had lived in the U.S. for 5 to 10 years and most likely had resided in Tennessee or a nearby state. So, apparently, isotope testing develops, like, a better picture of where the deceased had lived during their life. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that was a fucking no. thing, but I looked it up. That's cool. Kind of scary, but right? cool. <laughs> um, examination of the unborn girl indicated that the child had gestated while the victim was in the southeastern part of the country. Also, I looked at what gestated means, and it's just, like, she was basically inside the body. Like the baby? Yeah, the baby. Oh, was <laughs> was I was like, wait, this I was, lady was where? <laughs> no, no, no. The baby was in there while the victim. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, Did why you did you look face? at me like that? And I was like, wait, uh, is that not right? No. Um, <laughs> I was very concerned okay. for a second. Yeah, no. And then I was like, oh, wait, yeah, the she baby. was pregnant. After the body was found, the victim was fingerprinted. Her teeth were examined and recorded on a dental chart. Missing persons reports throughout the United States and Canada were compared at the time to the victim, but they were all excluded. The medical examiner noted that a set of numbers had been written on the victim's body. The ink, believed to have been from a pen, was on the left palm of the victim, indicating that she was right-handed if it was her that wrote the, wrote the writing. Mm-hmm. The writing consisted of the letters WSR and the number 4 or 5 followed by 4 or 7. Her fingerprints were submitted to the FBI, but they did not match anyone in national databases. When she remained unidentified, a sketch was made and the public was asked for assistance. This resulted in few solid leads. Information about the case was subsequently published across the country to generate leads. Mm -hmm. Her body was buried in 1983 after the victim remained unidentified for a number of years. In 2007, her remains were exhumed to obtain additional forensic evidence and to create a new facial reconstruction, because obviously technology was uh, getting better. Mm -hmm. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children released two reconstructions, the latest in May 2015. So, we'll post those pictures. Um, Investigators remain optimistic about identifying the remains and solving her murder. In September 2019, the Pennsylvania State Police announced a possible connection between Beth Doe and Madeline Maggie Cruz. A tip was submitted to police by an individual had got, who had gone to school with Cruz and saw a resemblance to the reconstructions of Beth Doe. He had spent time, or she had spent time, in the Massachusetts cities of Lenox and Framingham. 
In Framingham, she resided with a foster family. Around 1974, at the approximate age of 16, she had run away to Terrytown with her foster sister, who had returned after a week. But she didn't. In the summer of 1976, she called a friend to request money, claiming she was pregnant. She was never heard from again until the media reported a potential link to Beth Doe. But later that month, police confirmed Cruz was alive and well and subsequently eliminated as a potential identity. Oh, damn. Right? I was going to say, didn't the foster mom, like, say, yo, where's... Yeah. Um, investigators found a lead in 2020 when they entered Beth's profile into a public DNA database. Oh, shit, this is recent. That allowed them to search for possible relatives. This is called forensic genealogy, Mm -hmm. and it has led to charges in numerous cold cases in recent years. Shout out to the fucking Golden State Killer. Oh my god, yeah. Not to him, but well, yeah. But the fact that that he was that whole thing was solved in our time, right? That's so cool. Also, death ten out of ten, death recommend. Um, the book by Michelle McNamara, "I'll Be Gone in the Dark," super good. Did you read it yet? Nope. Okay. (laughs) But sure, I will. I'll, I'll. I mean, I have it. Oh, then I'll borrow it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe one day I'll do that one. That's a big one, but I'll Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tackle it. Um, So the DNA led detectives to her nephew, who put police in touch with other family members in New Jersey. Her brother confirmed that he had a sister who fit the deceased woman's description, and that she went missing in 1976 when she was eight or nine months pregnant. Drum roll, please. After 44 years, Beth Doe's identity was released on March 31st, 2021. Holy, no way. Yeah, Holy fuck. That's why when you were talking about yours and you were like, you mentioned like March 31st, I was like, fuck, are we doing the same fucking one? But and then I was like, no. Why is it weird that like our cases somehow tie together? I have no idea, but I fucking <laughs> love it. Me too. It helps with the titles. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So they just released her identity. Her name was Evelyn, I think it's Evelyn Colon. Because it's spelled okay. like colon, but it's not. I don't okay. think it's colon. Colon. She was 15 at the time she was murdered. Evelyn's family members gave police the name of Louis Sierra. Louis was 19 at the time that um, this all happened back in the day. Okay. At the time of her murder, Evelyn, who was of Puerto Rican origin was dating and living with Lewis. I also, I really want to say Louise, but, like, it's, I think it's just Lewis. Yeah. (laughs) The father of her unborn child in Jersey City. One day, Evelyn contacted her mother, saying she wasn't feeling well, and asked her to bring her soup. But when Evelyn's mother arrived, nobody was there. Neighbors told Evelyn's family that she and Lewis had moved away. According to court records, Evelyn warned her family that Lewis was abusive and jealous, and that he would often keep her locked in their New Jersey apartment, and that she feared Lewis, and that if something happened to her, he was likely involved. And so the family told police this. Okay. But in January 1977, the family received a letter in Spanish from Lewis, stamped from Connecticut, telling them Evelyn had given birth to a boy named Lewis, and not to worry, because she would contact them if she needed anything. Evelyn's family never reported her missing because, according to her brother, whose also name is Lewis, they thought she was safe with the other Lewis and had cut <laughs> contact deliberately. Mike and Mikey. Right. <laughs> when appro- 
Okay, so when Lewis was approached by state troopers on Wednesday at his home, he initially denied knowing Evelyn, but eventually admits that they dated and she was about to have a child. He killed her. That's too sketch. You don't just say, like, I don't know her, and then it's like, um, she has your child. Lewis told police that Evelyn threatened to leave him, so when he did not find her home one day, he assumed she had gone to live with her mother. He denied ever sending the letter from Connecticut to her family. Okay, sure. The detective said that he could not provide an explanation as to why he made little to no effort to get in contact with Evelyn or their child. Lewis was subsequently charged with the victim's murder and arrested on Wednesday. At the time of his arrest, he was residing in Ozone Park, New York, and was 63. Um, extradition back to Pennsylvania is pending. Evelyn and her unborn well, child. Yeah, because it's just like they just found out like two days ago. Yeah, literally just got arrested. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Evelyn and her unborn child are buried in Lorytown Road Cemetery near Weatherly, where Carbon County officials place unclaimed bodies. Oh, that's so sad. I know. I hate the fact that, like, there's people that people still don't know who they belong to. I know. That's so sad. Because everyone's just, like, stuck there just, like, worrying, oh, maybe they'll, maybe they'll come back. So you're, like, constantly, like... Thinking, and then time goes by, and then it's just, like, they're forgotten. Right. Which makes me so sad. And then I just had a flashback to, to when I watched the movie Coco. <gasps> oh, Disney movie Coco, Coco. Where the guy's spirit was fading, and I was like... <gasps> oh, my God. Isn't that the fucking saddest thing in the world? <laughs> oh, my God. I cried during yeah. that movie. That was so sad. But some bomb-ass music, though. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. Wow, that was such a good case. And it was like really fast because I was. Did it sound like I was sprinting reading that? No, because I know we're. I don't to think like, so. Okay. Yeah, we're on a time, little time restraint because it's Easter weekend, so we had to like squeeze this in. Yeah, this is Friday. We normally record on Saturdays. Well, no, typically we don't like record on Sundays. Well, we're we terrible. we stopped doing that because right. then. We are angry people. Yeah. The next morning for work. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but. But yeah. Oh. What? So, I know one thing that we wanted to talk about oh, yeah. was yesterday, I clocked out and I was getting ready because I worked a double yesterday. I worked my typical job. nine to five job and then I was scheduled to work at my part-time job just because, mm-hmm. like, I picked up some hours. And I get a call from Jaden who's like, what are you doing right now? And I was like, I'm getting ready. And she was like, how much time do you have? I was like, um, I think an hour. And she was like, you need to go to the high school and they're giving out um, the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what do I need? I didn't sign up for anything. <laughs> and she was like, you just go take your driver's license and your um, uh, insurance. insurance card. And I was like, okay. So then she called me back and she goes, hurry. And I was like, I'm driving 55 they're, and a 35. They're, they're going to leave. You got to get there right now. Yeah. Where the hell is there? She's like, wait, how do I get to the fucking high school? <laughs> like giving her turn by turn direction. Yeah. But, um, so I get there, and the guy's, like, waving me down, because, like, you know how, like, they have, um, like, just an allotted amount of time before they technically go bad? Yeah. Like, according to the CDC guideline, he was like, I've got minutes. Yeah. So I go in, and I start, I I check it, like, Uh I give my name, and then give this lady my cards, and the guy comes over, he's like, I'm gonna prep you now, just because, like, I don't have time. Yeah. So I'm talking to her, and then I turn to him, and I go, do you want me to go sit? And Uh he was like, oh, I already did it. And I was like... Oh, okay. Wait, like the shot? And he was like, yeah, you're done. You you have to come back the 21st. And I was like, yeah. I was looking at it like, oh, it's not even bleeding. 
I was like, do I get a Band-Aid? <laughs> so then um, I went over and hung out with your mom uh-huh. for a while. Because you have to wait so long because they, they want to make sure yeah, that you don't have a reaction or anything. Yeah. So, he looked at my arm, and there was, like, some dried blood. He was like, I leave you for two minutes! And I was like, I'm sorry. And sorry, I, yeah. I was like, I'm dying! <laughs> but it wasn't as bad as I thought. Uh-huh. I'm not a shop person yeah. at all. But honestly, like, if it was going to be, like, provide, or, like, if the opportunity came yeah. up, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Whether it's the one shot or the two. Yeah. So. I was so sad, because, like, I had, like, literally, because, so on Thursday... Um, I picked up the keys to the house, mm-hmm. and so I, so I know, right? Um, so I kind of left later, and so I, like, literally just left, so I saw, like, an hour and a half, and my mom calls me, are you almost home? I'm like, no, I saw, like, an hour and a half, why? She goes, oh, they're giving out vaccines, I'm like, no, <laughs> I was so close, so close, <laughs> so sad, but I will get it soon, yeah, hopefully on Wednesday, but, um, now I'm, like, the last fucking person. You are, because remember we went, we were the only two that were vaccinated. But no, I'm so glad, because when my mom called me, she's like, well, do you know anyone else? And at first I was like, no, like, Tyler's vaccinated, everyone else I know is vaccinated, I'm like, okay, bye. And I was like, wait, I gotta call Megan. Because <laughs> I remember, <laughs> that's funny, because you were going through all the people, I was like, these are all the people that we went to the, yeah. um, the escape, escape room. room with. And then, like, my face just happened to pop up in her mind. I, know, I was like, like, thank God. Because I, like, I was like, oh, we're, I'm supposed to, like, uh, hang out with Megan because you're supposed to record. Yeah. I'm like, Megan, how can I forget her? <laughs> like, Mom, Mom, can Megan still come? Like, literally, my mom was like, hurry up, tell her to come. She's the last one. I'm holding them up. Yeah, and the, your dad was, like, flagging <laughs> me down, and I was like, I'm coming. It was like a movie. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck I got it. Like, at the end, I was just like, what just happened? Yeah. Like, the span of, like, five minutes, now you're vaccinated. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I mean, today, like, just where mm-hmm. they did the shot, like, it's tender. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm fine. Like, I can move my arm fine. Yeah. It just, like, is a little tender. Yeah. Is the best way I can put it. I don't know. I can't. I didn't ask Tyler, and I don't know which one you got. Which you got. Because he also has the two done. It's the Pfizer one? Maybe, maybe that's what he did. Because I think my... My one sister got the other one. It's still the two. The Jane. Oh, not the Johnson. Moderna Johnson. or something. I don't know because I know they did the the different ones. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. Tyler said the first one, his arm kind of felt a little sore, but it was the second one that kind of fucked him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's so, okay now. I mean, I'm getting ready. Hey, it'll be nice, even if I'm like, knock on wood. I don't want to get sick from it, but yeah. I can at least like call off. Yeah. Like, and if anything, you work from home, so you could just be like bed doing it yeah just moving <laughs> my fingers but I mean even like people that got it who has gotten sick they're uh-huh. like it's just the flu yeah which is most people's mm-hmm. when they get COVID is what it's like for them but yeah anything else today was such it was the world's longest week but also the world's shortest week yo I fucking feel that like, because I didn't work today because shout out to government holidays <laughs> we don't get those <laughs> Even though I didn't really get to relax, because my body fucking woke me up at 8 o'clock. I'm pissed. I'm still <laughs> pissed. And then I had to go with my dad to get my car inspected. And, like, literally when we were waiting, I, like, fell asleep in the fucking car. And for, like, five minutes. So that's why we had to do the monsters, because I was like, I'm so fucking tired. Well, I got the monster and the coffee, so I'm going to be extra am. Yeah, you're going to, like... Dude, I was starting to have issues, like, reading. I was like... Duh, 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 duh. Okay, so now imagine 30 times fucking worse, and that's G Fuel. That's you. Okay, yeah. Don't no, do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's like a heart attack. Yeah. 
This is literally feels like you're having a goddamn oh heart attack. Alright, well, I mean, Easter was technically yesterday at this point, if you guys are hearing this. I was like, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not Sunday. So, I hope you guys had a wonderful Easter. Yes. Um, if you don't celebrate it, I hope you have a wonderful spring. Yeah. I don't know, is there, like, a holiday uh, for, like, because, like, there, Christmas is, yeah. like, Kwanzaa. If Anyone. there is, let us know. <laughs> Email us or, like, tweet at us or something. Yeah, seriously. So, um, we have a Twitter, it's... A L T murder. No, A L T C murder. I was literally I, I, about I'm to always congratulate like, you. <laughs> I was so close. I know. I was like, wow, we've gotten real good at these. And then she fucked it up. God damn. You inadvertently <laughs> Sorry. fucked me up. I jinxed you. You did. Thanks, Jaden. We also, a note, we've been sitting back this whole time. And now, as we've been doing this, we're leaning toward the computer. So those spikes on our voices oh my are God. so intense. I'll be like, fuck, people listening with headphones. Sorry, like, headphone oh users. <laughs> it's probably not that loud. No, probably not. Oh, It's also, definitely better than the first time we recorded. Oh, yeah. Side Ooh. note, I saw one of the bean bags, like your big ones. Yeah. I think it was on Amazon. It's like around 400 in case anyone was interested. Continue with the... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're wonderful. Yeah. It's like you're laying in a cloud. Um, but anyways, so, yeah, a- that's our Twitter. A-L-T-C murder. Yes. That's Twitter. Crushed it. The second time. Nailed it. <laughs> um, and then Instagram is a little thing called murder. Mm-hmm. Email is a little thing called murder at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Leave questions, comments, concerns, yeah. etc. If you want to speak to the manager as well, that's where you leave notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quote, unquote, manager. <laughs> but we hope you guys have a wonderful day. Yes. And don't forget to trust your gut. Because it's better be fucking safe than fucking sorry. (laughs) Bye, Bye. guys.